I once read a story about Mother Teresa. Uh, dear sweet lady, you'll remember that she was one of those nuns who served the poorest of the poor in Calcutta, India. The story goes that several years before she died, a young nun in America began to idolize Mother Teresa, began to admire her as something larger than life. She wrote a note to this woman in Calcutta, Mother Teresa, and said, I would like to join you in your service to the poor in Calcutta. Can I come to India and join you? Mother Teresa wrote back a spectacular and brilliant reply. She said this, stay where you are. Find your own Calcutta. Find the sick, the suffering, and the lonely right where you are. In your own homes and in your own families in your workplaces, and in your schools. You can find Calcutta all over the world if you have the eyes to see. You can find Calcutta all over the world. Don't you just love that? Isn't that great? I mean, don't come and follow me. Find your Calcutta. Just open your eyes. So I ask you, as a lead-in question this morning, have you found your Calcutta? Do you know your spiritual gifts do you know the ministry to which God has called you? Are you serving in his kingdom for his greater glory? Think about that. Is your life transforming the lives of others? Welcome to week number two in our stewardship series. The overall series is called Building Foundations for Our Future. Okay? My sacrifice of worship, ministry, and money. Okay? Last week... Tyler talked to you about our sacrifice of worship, and you know that we've just gotten out of debt, so we're putting a season of ministry behind us, and we're building for a healthy future together. We're making the foundation, but none of that's possible until we become good stewards over our worship, our ministry, and our money. Last week, Tyler challenged us. He said, if you only come to church once a month, Make a pledge this year to come twice a month. If you come twice, make it three times. If you come four times a month, God bless you. Praise the Lord. So the first part of our covenant is stepping up in worship. The second part today is stepping up in ministry. And so if you've got your notes, I want you to fill in this blank. Very important here. The second part of our stewardship covenant this season is for us to offer God our ministry, using our spiritual gifts to produce kingdom fruit for Christ's great glory. Last week we saw April McLean talk about how she has invested herself in the food distribution. And you know something? As April has made that investment, I have seen her faith grow in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing when we find our place of service. So here's the next fill in the blank. And I think April has experienced this. When we are working in and through our area of spiritual giftedness, then the work we do will always be done joyfully and will serve to increase both the depth and the quality of our relationship with Jesus. I've seen that in April. I've seen her relationship in Christ grow as she has grown in her service to the Lord in his kingdom. In fact, Jesus had a very simple equation for it all. And this is also your memory verse for this week. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. 
Jesus put it simply, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be as well. It's very simple. You invest yourself in the Lord, you're going to grow close to the Lord. But if you're riding the bench, as they say in football, if you don't have any skin in the game, well, the church isn't going to mean much to you. For the church really to matter, you've got to be good stewards over what God's given you. Where your investments are, there your heart's going to go. So I want to look at that this morning with you from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. We're going to look at what it means to put your spiritual gifts to work for the kingdom of God. And the first working definition of a spiritual gift is this. Fill in this blank. Spiritual gifts are divine abilities distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. Paul will unpack four main points this morning over what spiritual gifts are and how to use them to God's glory. So you might say that the whole book of Corinthians is Paul's undoing of the train wreck of the church of Corinth. If you've ever read in Corinthians, this is a royal mess of a church, right? And one of the things that Paul has to do is draw out their old paganism and put more of Christ in their lives. And he'll oftentimes say, this is what your old life used to look like when you were following paganism. Now that you're following Christ, here's what your life is to look like now. In fact, if you'll read in there, he will already have said earlier in this book, he said, you used to pridefully boast, I follow Cephas. Some of you said, I follow Apollos. Some of you brag that you follow Paul. He said, but now you're a Christian. You follow Jesus Christ. He is your Lord. Earlier in the chapter, he said, you used to sue one another in pagan courts of law. He said, but no more. You're a Christian. You settle your disputes face to face with the love of Jesus Christ. He said, you used to go to, to houses of ill repute, the old prostitution of your paganism. But now you're in Christ. You don't do those things any longer. And here in chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, he's making the same sort of uh, argument. Look at that. He says, now concerning your spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. You used to worship old dead idols of wood and stone and metal. Now you're serving the living God, and he's taken residence in you. You're under the lordship of Jesus now, and it makes all the difference in the world. So fill in this for me. Spiritual gifts are given to those who call Jesus Lord by faith. Those gifts are made manifest through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God. You see, those spiritual gifts always point to the lordship of Jesus, to his glory. They never point to themselves. That was what the Corinthians got wrong. They kept pridefully boasting in their spiritual gifts. Our gifts point to the Lord. And they're different from talents, and they're different from abilities. 
You know, if I've got a talent, I can work on that. If I've got an ability to run really fast, then I can win a ribbon or a prize. If I can hit the golf ball 300 yards, I can astound all my buddies for how far I can hit it. If you're a student and you get a 1600 on the SAT, you get all the glory. Look at me, look at me, look at me. But not with spiritual gifts. It's look at the Lord, look at the Lord, look at what he's done. So here's the deal. Your spiritual gifts are just that. Gifts that are undeserved and unearned. They're given to you for a purpose. So the second main point that Paul makes here today. Everyone has at least one spiritual gift from God. At least one. Look at verse 7 this morning. He says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each. To every believer under the lordship of Jesus in this church, you have a spiritual gift. And in verse 12, he'll go on to say, The Holy Spirit apportions to each believer individually as he wills. So if you're a believer, there's not a person in here who doesn't have a gift to be used for God's glory. But you've got to use it. God designed us not to allow our gifts to lie fallow, but to use them to further his kingdom and bring honor to his son. He wants you to use those gifts to further the gospel message. Have you found your Calcutta? Have you found your Calcutta? See, Jesus is dead serious about this stewardship of ministry. In fact, in Matthew chapter 25, you may remember the parable that he talks about stewardship. He says it's like a master who has a household. And of course, the master is the Lord, right? The Lord God. And the master goes away for an extended time. He leaves to his stewards, the people working in his household, three, parts, three portions of his, his estate. One gets five talents. And a talent, I know, is a hundred pounds of silver in the Roman culture. But it could also apply to your ministry as well. One gets five. One gets two. One gets one. And if you remember the story, he goes away and leaves them to invest in his kingdom. Invest his, his uh, money. The five guy and the two guy, they both yield an abundant increase. But remember what the guy with one talent does? He goes out back and buries it in the ground. Doesn't use it for the master's glory or his benefit. And the master comes back one day. And he says to that one talent guy, he who has not, even that will be taken away from him. I've given you a talent. You haven't used it. I'll give it to somebody else if you're not going to use it. And he cast him out of the house. What are you doing with your talents? I know that's a hard parable, but it's one we all need to hear. Because I want St. Paul's to be a ministry church. I think our better days are still ahead of us as a parish. I love our people, and I want you to have fulfilling ministries in the life of Christ. If we invest of our worship, our ministry, and our money, if we're good stewards over those things, God will richly bless this congregation. In fact, I want you to hear those words of the five-talent and the two-talent guy. The Lord came back and said to them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. Now I'm going to set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. 
I want us as a congregation to hear those words. Enter the joy of your master. I had someone in, at St. Paul's in Conway before I left came to me and said, Father, I'm just not really connecting with your church. And I said, well, it's not my church. It's Jesus' church, but let's go on. He said, you know, I, I just don't feel connected. And I said, well, what is your ministry in the church? He said, well, I hadn't got a ministry yet. I'm not connected. I said, okay. I said, how many times do you come to worship every month? He said, well, once a month, except for during football season, then maybe not as much. <laughs> and then I said, well, what are you giving to the, the glory of God and his kingdom through the local church? Are you tithing? And he said, no, I, I'll throw in a couple dollars whenever I'm at church, though. He said, but for some reason I don't feel connected. I said, well, go figure. Bless your little heart. <laughs> You're not invested. Where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be, right? So fill in this next blank. Third major point here. When we share in the same Spirit, the same Father in Heaven, the same Lord Jesus, the manifestation of the spiritual gifts will always bring unity and edification to Christ's holy church. Find that in verse 4 for me. Paul says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of service, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Do you hear the Trinity in that? This is the triune God. You know, there is a variety of gifts, but one spirit, variety of service, one Lord, variety of activity, but God the Father empowers them all. You know, it's almost the echoes that we got last week at our baptism. When we baptized the Carlson's child, Faye Olivia, we begin with those words from Ephesians 4, when Paul says there is one body and one spirit, one hope in God's call to us, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We are invited into the body of the triune God when we become Christians. We're adopted through baptism and we receive the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And each of us gets a spiritual gift to be used for the building up of that body. Paul will say we're like an organic body, like the body of Jesus, the church. Later in chapter 12, he'll say that some of you are an eye. And some of you are an ear. Some of you are hands and some of you are feet. But then he goes on to say this about that body analogy. He says, you're the body of Christ. Each individually members of it. When one of you suffers, we suffer together. When one of you is honored, we rejoice together. And not one of you can say, I have no need of you. Hear that this morning. Not one of us can say, I have no need of you. Friends, each of us plays a vital role in the body of St. Paul's and the building up of the kingdom. If you're an eye out there and you only come to church sporadically, you lessen our ability to see God's love through your eyes. If you are a hand out there and you are not reaching out in ministry to the Lord through the local church, then we are disabled. We're not what we could be. If you're a foot or a leg and you're not giving generously to the life of the kingdom through the local church, this church will always limp along without your added benefit to the body. Gifts. Gifts are a two-way street. Christ's body needs you. You're vital. You are a gift to the church. We need for you to employ those gifts in service and ministry. But you also have a need to serve. Jesus says where your 
investments are, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. You see, we are better together as the body of Christ. When we are using our gifts to edify the church of Christ and to glorify her Lord, we are more unified and more edified as a church body. The church, in fact, is the only place where you will ever learn the art of sacrificial living. Everywhere out there, it's about consumerism, isn't it? You know, if I want to buy a reliable car and I don't like Chevrolet, I just go down to the Ford dealer. If I don't like Ford, I go down to the Honda dealer. If I don't like Honda, I go down to Toyota. I'm a consumer, and that's okay. It drives our free market economy, but not so in the church. We can't treat the church as consumers. Make this point. When we treat the church as one more area of personal consumption that exists to serve us, then when our needs are not met, we simply move on to another church. You are the body of Christ, servants one to another. Rick Warren says when we ever be, we become consumeristic, we become a preference-driven church. God wants us to be a purpose-driven church that brings unity and edification to the body. Now the last point here, write this down. The Holy Spirit equips us and empowers us to accomplish whatever God has called us to. Read in verse 11 this morning. It says, All these empowered by one and the same Spirit, every gift, every ministry, same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now that word empowered, energeo, energeo, is the same word in Greek that we get the English word energize or give energy to. God's Holy Spirit apportions and empowers and energizes the church. There's a saying, a phrase in Curcio, that wonderful three-day weekend, says God does not call the equipped, he equips the called. I guarantee you he will empower you, apportion you with the right amount of the Spirit, and give you every equipping that you will need if you'll step out in faith for him. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, 12, Paul says, you're not pagans. No longer serve mute, dumb idols of stone and metal. You serve the living Lord. You've got the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Now use your gifts that made manifest in you to edify his church, to unify his church, to strengthen his church for service in the world. If you've not discovered your spiritual gifts, check out the front page of your Sunday news. Go see Kathy McGrew, and she will walk you through the process. Everybody's got a gift. Paul mentions nine of them today. The New Testament and other places mentions about twice that number. Find your gift. St. Paul's is a great church. We have many fine ministries. I love this church, but there's always room for us to improve. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Just as Tyler encouraged you last week to step up, in your worship stewardship. I ask you to step up in your ministry stewardship. Where is your Calcutta? Mother Teresa said, all you got to do is open your eyes to see. The church as a body needs your ministry. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let us pray.